Hey, Swanee. Maddie Mo. How's it going, man? Welcome. Episode two. Good choice of tunes, man. I brought back with us today. <laughs> Did I tell you already that that was on FIFA last year? I didn't. You know what? I haven't even played the new FIFA game. I was no. just fooling around and I came across the song on YouTube. Yeah, it's a good one. How you doing? Great. How are you doing, buddy? Not too bad. You catch any of the games this weekend? Of course I did, of course. So, for episode two, I noticed that episode one had 23 listens. I don't know how many of those were you and I, but uh, <laughs> that mean, I only, I thought it might have listened to it like once just to see how it went. Yeah. But that's kind of cool that a bunch of other people listened to it, and that's only our first one. So Yeah. Very cool. Not that, you know, we're just doing it to have some fun. Yeah. Well, let's see if we can improve upon that and improve upon the content a little bit more as well. All right. So let's start with EPL this week. This weekend, there was some cool stuff happening with the relegation battle and then mm-hmm. top of the table, some interesting results as well. Definitely. Where do you want to start? Uh, I don't know. As a Liverpool fan, maybe mm. we could just get that out of the way early. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a feeling, I had a feeling you were going to go there. Yeah. So did you watch the game against Stoke? I actually didn't catch the game. I didn't. Yeah. But I, I I was reading how Mohamed Salah might get banned for attempting to try to injure a player, but like swinging and missing at a guy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't even I don't know how much damage he would do to anybody, but I guess it's the intent. Yeah. 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 I saw that. It was. Uh, it, it might. It, like I'm. I'm sure the the Premier League has suspended players for far less. So I could I could see that happening. Not that Liverpool really care too much about that at this point i would imagine but as a as a supporter do you care uh the big thing is that he only needs one more goal to break the premier league mm-hmm. record for goals in a season and it would be like very liverpool to have this happen where it's just like okay you guys you drew stoke nil nil and you drew west brom and that, that's like four pay four points right there that you left on the table and now yeah. you could have like he could have the greatest season for a goal scorer ever in the league and, and to lose it on something like so stupid like that but I don't know obviously it's interesting when Liverpool plays bottom of the table teams because they kind of just like get down to that team's level and sometimes mm-hmm. the pitches whenever you're on the road on matches like that the pitches aren't maintained yep. as they are for the higher level teams mm-hmm. which actually makes a difference because they have to play the ball in the air more than on the ground but I don't think that was such the case this weekend. I think the guys are, like, trying to reserve themselves for the Champions League match on Wednesday. So, anyway, whatever. As long as we finish, like, top four. Top three would be really nice. So, we don't have to do the qualifying round for Champions League. But, yeah, well, that's just I That's just assuming. Suspended. That's all I hope. I hope he doesn't get suspended. Mm-hmm. And if he does, whatever. It's all about Champions League and winning this, that this year. So Yeah. Well, if he gets suspended, he would just miss the next match with Chelsea, you would assume. Well, and actually, they said it could be a three-match ban, but wow, what it'll be. Yeah, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure they're just uh, if they win the if they win the Champions League, which at this point they've got a pretty good pretty good shot. And I, I know maybe we'll talk about that later. But uh, if they win the Champions League, then they don't have to worry about any of that. Exactly. So, so I suppose from the weekend that you particularly talked about. No, that was actually one of them because uh, they, like you said, Liverpool kind of seem like they're. Uh, I don't know, trending downward in the league uh, when they've got their eyes fixed elsewhere. 
Um, in terms of other matchups, I really, I, I actually, you know me, I like to watch Manchester United when they're on, but I actually ended up watching the Southampton-Bournemouth game uh, on Saturday, and I really enjoyed that one, which I did not expect. I was just sitting there having some breakfast through the game on, and uh, I was thinking it was going to be a snooze fest, and I thought I would probably change it over to something else, but it ended up being a pretty good game. And uh, I don't know, did you see the result from that? Yeah, yeah. Southampton ended up winning. Yeah, 2-1, which is huge for them because not only is that win big, but also the other teams that they're entangled with that relegation battle with. The Swansea lost to Chelsea 1-0, and uh, Huddersfield Town lost to Everton, uh, and Crystal Palace won 5-0 over Leicester City. So that really kind of makes that relegation battle a lot, inter- a lot more interesting. And I actually hope that Southampton are able to They've got a really tough schedule, but I really hope they're able to dig themselves out because they're a long-standing club in the in the Premier League. Well, that's um, part of why the North American sports are missing out on this, where you have all the the battles to stay in the league are like yeah. some of the best matches. And as the regular season coasts to a finish in, say, the NBA or the NHL, in the English Premier League or in like the soccer leagues the bottom table matches are some of the best to watch. Exactly. And, fighting for survival. Oh, definitely. And the, the major difference between those North American sports, including MLS and European football, is that uh, the tanking that happens in like pretty much all of the major leagues in North American sports, basketball, um, uh, I guess hockey to an extent, uh, football, maybe a little bit, but like basketball to me in North America seems like uh, when they talk about tanking, like trying to be the worst team in order to improve their team, that just, that can't happen in, especially when we're talking about EPL, there is no tanking. There's only getting better through the, the process of, uh, of your academy and, and buying and selling players. So yeah, you're right. Uh, it is, it's better to watch it, especially at the end of the season. Yes. Yeah, it's some of my favorite football to watch is the bottom of the table. It's just so interesting because you, once you get down, down to the drop zone, you might not be back to the – it's such a hard road to get back to the premiership. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, great to watch. And then a lot of those guys, you know, when they're going down, they're going to be sold too. So it's like their last season with that club, and then they're going to be moving on somewhere else. So yeah. they're always – yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them have con- like uh, stipulations in their contracts. Like uh, Rondon for West Brom, for example, he's got a, a, a stipulation in his contract that says if the team is relegated, then he then has a buyout clause or the equivalent of a buyout clause. Um, I forget exactly how much it is, somewhere around twenty, thirty million pounds. Uh, and then so like if they're relegated, automatically another team can just purchase him for that amount. Uh, well, you know what? Last year, when uh, Jermaine Defoe was with Sunderland, still they had the option to sell him for like eight million at the deadline in January in that window, and they decided to hang on to him to try to save their season, which like uh, good on them for trying to do that. However, he had a clause in his contract where if they got relegated, he could leave on a free, and ooh. they did get relegated, and he left on to Burnmouth on a free. Yeah, and now. Sunderland is about to get relegated again this year. Yeah. So it's crazy how, like we were, I was saying earlier, how hard it is to get back up. And in some cases you go down a whole nother level. Yeah, I know they're free falling, right? Um, yeah. The, uh, I guess this is a good point to, or a good time to uh, update maybe the relegation battle and, and our picks 
uh, on a weekly basis just to see who we think is going to go down after a weekend's worth of games. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, yeah. so looking at this, I, I always tend to look at the goal differential as kind of a, a feeling point for uh, where, it, where a team should be. And if you look at the goal differential, Southampton sucks, but it's not nearly as bad as the teams immediately above them in the table. Mm-hmm. They're in minus 19, uh, where the teams above them, Swansea and Huddersfield Town, are minus 25 and minus 29. So I actually do believe that Southampton can dig themselves out of this. But like I said, they, they ha- I think they have the toughest schedule for the last two or three games of the season. And uh, so I don't know. I, I think West Brom is a lock. They're going down for sure. Stoke City is looking after after this weekend and the draw that I guess it's not the worst possible result, but they're starting to look closer and closer to a lot. So right now, I think the the relegation battle is between Huddersfield, Swansea and Southampton. And Stoke City only have two matches left. West Brom only have two matches left. Southampton have three left, as do Swansea, Huddersfield, West Ham. Yeah. Brighton looks like they're safe, so... Yeah, but like you said, anything can happen. But yeah, I think those, those teams, especially in the, uh, in the 18, 17, 16 range, are, uh, they're definitely uh, in, uh, in the battle still. Like, uh, they're, none of them are safe yet. Well, I think that... Um, so, Swansea and Southampton are the only two teams that I feel can really really their their fate is up in the air right now and they actually do play each other too they do yeah i think the final matches so may 8th i think yes so i'm looking at the right now swansea schedule and it's actually like a pretty fair schedule Mm -hmm. but they're playing against teams that are all in the hunt and hungry too Mm -hmm. and i don't know swansea they haven't really been doing a whole lot the last little bit i could see i'm gonna say that southampton they saved their season with that win last weekend, and mm-hmm. they're gonna. I think that they're gonna end up beating Swansea City that match that they end up playing each other. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that Southampton are. They're gonna save their season, and Swansea City's not gonna get it done. They're gonna go down. Yeah. That match will do it. Yeah, that that will be like. Who writes this stuff? Who knows? Like it's it's almost like the guy who decides all of the scheduling at the beginning of the season knew that this was gonna happen somehow. You know hey. what I mean? Like, how does this happen? Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think that that's probably the, the likely outcome. With like, like you said, with that matchup with Swansea and Southampton, kind of being the telling, uh, the telling match. And Swansea City still have two other bullets in the chamber that they can totally. fire if they beat Burnmouth or Stoke City. Yeah, which is doable. And they're at home for two of those three matches too. Yeah, definitely. So that'll make that'll make a very interesting end to the season. Um, uh, Getting back, getting back to what we were talking about before that with the matches that happened this weekend, I really wanted to, I, I wanted to get your take. Did you see the Manchester United-Arsenal uh, match? Uh, I, I was going to watch it, and then I was just yeah. like, I've, I'm a little bit down on watching. I'm, all of my energy is just being conserved for Champions League right Champions now. League. And, yeah. and since uh, if I was going to watch any matches, I know that it would have been great to see like Man U against Arsenal for like Arsene Wenger's last time going to Old Trafford and yeah, it's yeah. always a great matchup those when those two clubs face each other but Definitely. for me I just had like a few other things that I wanted to do and it's like okay you're going to be watching both Champions League matches this week mm. uh yeah yeah, the, I, I did. Did you check it out? Oh yeah, definitely. I watched it, um, and it kind of started with a, this awkward moment. And I don't know if you've seen any articles online. I did, but, but like this kind of moment where Sir Alex Ferguson presents Wenger with like a mini trophy in a in a box, and 
they like motion for Mourinho to come out and join them. And Mourinho kind of like slaps Wenger on the back and you know <laughs> what I mean? And then leaves. It's kind of like this awkward moment where uh, they want you to believe that they actually respect Wenger more than they really do. I think they're just kind of, I don't know, glad handing a bit or kind of like making it seem like they're all buddies. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I think that they do. They do respect him. Like oh yeah. Was... Respect for sure. But it kind of yeah. it kind of seemed like they were you know they're all buddy buddy and you know what I mean respect is in my opinion completely different but it, it was kind of like this awkward moment to start it off and and Wenger kind of lifted the mini trophy above his head like he had won something and yeah it was it, it was kind of a weird moment but uh, past that the game was okay uh, I I thought that the uh, I thought that the Arsenal the Arsenal team was like all youngsters it was almost like. Wenger was like giving them the moment. He's just like, just play for play for your future with the club, essentially. You know, like sh- show me what you got. And uh, they they played well. There were some Arsenal's got some good young players. You would never know it normally because he never lets them play. But they they have some good youngsters. Yeah, well, it'll just be interesting that whole club needs like a facelift, and who knows? They've bought some really good players, and with the right manager coming in, it could. It could turn things around really quickly, just how Conte turned Chelsea around really quickly. But I think that, I don't know. We'll see. Arsenal, they still have their Europa match against Atletico this week. That will be the last thing that they're playing for. So that's where I'm really interested in that match. I'm actually going to Dominican on Wednesday, so I'll be able to watch all these matches at bars. Hopefully, they'll have them on the TVs down there. Hopefully. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, yeah. No, no Sky Sports down there, man. No Sky Sports down there. But yeah, no. Um, yeah. In terms of the that match, though, I don't. Fellaini got the winner in the end in, in extra time. Yes. And uh, I don't know. I actually don't know what you think about Fellaini. What do you What do you think about Fellaini? Well, he serves his purpose of what he is. Like he's a power in the midfield. Like. Every player has something that they bring to the table and what kind of, like, elements that they bring. And, I mean, he could be a star if he goes and plays for, like, Besiktas next year in Turkey. Or he can just, like, continue to be a role player with Man U where they bring you in, like, late in the game when they need, like, someone to get some a big body in the box or s- some, like, strength in the midfield to, you know what I mean? Kind of like yeah. a Bakayoko for Chelsea. Yeah, I think I think I I really don't like as, as a United supporter. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if I can say that I really like Pliny. Although when he comes up with moments like this, you you do kind of see the you see the pro there. Um, I think that he probably did himself a lot of favors by scoring that goal. I'm sure the Manchester United brass were watching and thinking, "All right, fine, you know we're mm-hmm. gonna, we're going to give you that contract that you wanted." Is that what it was about, money? Well, I think that's what it is about. Maybe it's about a combination of money and, and role with the team. Um, I don't know that they can – He after this summer, I think they're going to sign a lot more – or not a lot more, but at least one midfield player, which is just going to drop him down the pecking order more. I, yeah. I think from, from a supporter point of view, I think he would be better off going elsewhere. But um, – yeah, I, I don't I don't like him. I don't think he's a good fit with United. But like you said, he does have his he does have his upside and, and he showed it with that goal. He's just kinda like a big lumbering guy that nobody can deal with in the air. That's the thing, like so 
when you have like the way that you want to play with your starting 11 mm. and then you have like these different options that bring you different elements that can come off the bench. So they don't really change necessarily the whole way you're depending on who's coming off the whole way your attack or the whole way your structure is. But then he comes in and it's just like, exactly like we need a goal when we're going to be pushing forward. This guy has, you know, he's such a big presence in the box. It's hard to, you know, that's what he's there for, for that moment. And, Anyway, we'll see. I think for depends on what he wants. Like, do you want to be? It's like Giovenco had the option of playing for Barcelona, mm-hmm. where he'd never see the field. Yeah, this was like what three or four years ago. Yeah, he could have. He left Italy to come to Toronto, but he could have went to Barcelona. And he said, if I would have went to Barcelona, I would have been a ball boy. But at least you know he would have been winning like titles and stuff like that, playing with Messi training. Or do you want to be like a god in Toronto and carve your own? Yeah, way kind of thing. So with soccer players, there's so much to decide. Like, what kind of legacy do you want? Like, some guys buy in. Like, the Josie Altidores and the Michael Bradleys could still be playing over in Europe if they really wanted to, but they'd be bench players getting like a few minutes a game. Yeah, yeah. I think they, I think they I think they made the right choice. Yeah. yeah. So this is what the these guys, you know, Bakayoko barely doesn't play that much with Chelsea, but last year he played the. Probably every minute with Monaco, right? Yeah, exactly. But you're making more money also to sit on the bench for these big clubs. Mm. Like Fellaini's making way more with Man U than he did with Everton. Yeah. So, well, that's that's it, another right? factor. And he's not. It's not like he's going to move to a bigger club. So I think he's probably aware that if he does move on to uh, to try and get more playing time, then he's more than likely going to be taking a pretty sizable pay cut. That's the. The, the, you have to weigh that out too. Yeah, exactly. That's why going to Barcelona and Real Madrid, like people say that the English Premier League is the biggest league in the world. It is, but it isn't. You know what I mean? Like, mm. It is, but at the same time, the Spanish League is probably a better league right now. Mm-hmm. When you look at the teams like Real Madrid and Barcelona, it's really hard to compare to those teams. And it's not just the allure of those teams and the allure of those cities. Because where, where would your wife rather live? In Barcelona or in, like, <laughs> Manchester. Liverpool yeah. or Manchester? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. You're and right. those clubs have more money. Mm. And you're already getting, like, all the fan base and all the history and everything like that. Yeah. So it's really tough to compete with all of that. And when you're weighing out your moves, it's, you know... Like Mohamed Salah, Liverpool are going to double his wages next year, apparently. Yeah. From like 90,000 pounds a week to 180. Yep. And as, as they probably should. Yeah. Even though they don't have to, but to keep him happy. Yeah. Because otherwise he's going to want to move. And, but the thing is, like, Real Madrid could offer him probably, if they really wanted to, 500,000 a week. Probably. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I, again, I think we talked about this last time. I don't see him. I don't see him moving anywhere anytime soon. Maybe in the future, but yeah. I'd say he's going to stick with them at least for next year. Yeah. And then who knows once when you're part of a system that really works for you after being like, it's just hard to find like a fit like that. I feel. Yeah. So you could just leave for the money, but, and I don't know, there's not a whole lot of downside to going to Real Madrid. I mean, like look at Gareth Bale. He's still at least like making a ton of money and he's still, Got he, he was on the team that won the last two Champions Leagues in a row, mm. and he's still living in Madrid and all that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, wife's wife's but, happy. It's all good. Yeah, like at the end of the day, as much as things aren't going well for him, football wise, 
life-wise still awesome yeah like still coming off the bench for real madrid like when people say like oh he should go back to england and he can be like a star again well i don't know like mm. is he's injured a lot too is the other thing like maybe he can't find his groove and yeah. i know he was amazing for wales in like the uh european championships yeah two years ago yeah but I don't know what's happening with him right now. Like I saw a link of Real Madrid want to get rid of him for Mohamed Salah. Mm. And I'm just like, absolutely not. No. Gareth Bale would be hurt like the entire year. Yeah, that's not a fair trade. No. Not a fair trade at all. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I that's did... like when you have like a younger brother and they get like a new toy. And you have an old toy and you're like, hey, here, have this like old toy that used to be really good. You remember and... you used to like this toy. Yeah. 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 It's basically like giving uh, Woody for like the brand new Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a yeah. that's a fair comparison. That's a fair comparison. Um, while we're ta- yeah. while we're talking about Liverpool and while we're talking about contracts, should we talk about Firmino's new? Uh, sure. New contract. He, yeah, he, that's good that he's re-inked to a new deal because he's so underrated and he played so well this year. And to keep him happy and then. If anyone does try to like buy him, at least we have the leverage of we have him under contract. Whereas, exactly. Like, with Chan this year, Liverpool is going to lose him for nothing. Yeah. Where at least we have him under contract, and he deserves to be paid what he's getting, and everything. Everyone's good. If I was a Liverpool fan, which I'm, I'm not really. I do enjoy watching the football, but uh, I wouldn't be too upset about Chan leaving because he hasn't played in any of the games in the last few weeks, and in the last few weeks they've been playing at their absolute best. So I think his loss, I mean, as it probably won't, it's not a great thing, but I think that they will be able to replace him. At least Nabi Keita coming in from Red Bull this summer will, will be a boost in the midfield. So I don't know that it's going to be a huge loss, but like keeping, keeping those attacking players like Firmino and, and like you said, paying Salah a little bit more will kind of keep them happy and keep them motivated. Yeah, I think that it sucks losing Chan for nothing, hmm. but... He is replaceable, and I guess they probably would have got a deal done if they thought they could have got a deal done mm-hmm. for like the price. He wants something. He wants to be something like the highest paid player on the team. Mm-hmm. Like he wants something close to two hundred thousand a week, which is more than Salah is going to be making. Yeah. Like somewhere in the one fifty two hundred. So it's kind of like give me a break. And the other thing is, I don't know how he's going to get. He's talking about going to Juventus. I don't know he's how they're going to afford to pay him that. Yeah, Liverpool do. So, I think that's probably a leverage move. You know what I mean? Talking about like leaving It's the same thing with Pogba in at Manchester United. Talking talking about like you see, I see all the reports about him wanting to leave for another club, and it's probably just noise in order to make the make the people that have the the bank books work a little bit quicker or give them a little bit more money. But like, yeah, like you said, if if Chan really. Sanchez yeah. came and Sanchez is making a bunch like he's making more money than Pogba now, so Pogba wants to be getting paid the same as Sanchez. And I think that probably will happen. But yeah, in in, in terms of Chan, he doesn't do I, I mean I know midfield players are usually underrated because you don't see them score as many goals, so you don't think that they do as much, so they don't don't deserve as much, but they really do. They do a lot more off the like away from the goal, I suppose, for the most part. So, uh, but I don't think that Chan does nearly enough to deserve that amount of money. Well, yeah, Nabi Kaita brings something totally different than Chan mm-hmm. as well. 
Like, I would take Naby Keita over Chan any day. Yeah. But uh, and, although he's got four red cards this year. Yeah. With yeah, maybe, t- maybe, Bull, maybe, maybe tone it down a little bit, hey? Well, that's the thing is, like, they have a lot of African guys on the team that they're all going to be going to the First Nations Cup next year. Mm-hmm. And I find, like, sometimes those guys are, like, Mane and the way that they play can be, like, a little bit, like, fiery. And it's, you know, when Mane earlier in the year got Ederson with the stud in the face. Yeah, I remember that. Like, they take these high – it's, like, high-risk, high-reward moves. But there's also the the big-time punishment factor, too. So between Mane and Nabe Kaita, those two guys, you know, all of a sudden, if they both are off on the wrong day, you – I hope they – they can feed off each other positively, and I think that's going to happen a lot. And But hopefully they don't feed off each other negatively in those moments as well. Yeah. But we basically at Liverpool have, like, the – African continent all stars right now. <laughs> Matt Tip is from Africa too. Yeah. So I just next January is the First Nations Cup. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And we're going to be hurting bad. So they'll have to continue to buy up more guys this summer because they know that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. No. And the... for Champions League depth too. Like, look at how many injuries they Liverpool have right now. Like mm. Oxland, uh Ox, Oxlade-Chamberlain. Oxlade-Chamberlain yeah. is done now for the World Cup. Yeah. As well as the rest of Liverpool's Champions League, obviously. So Yeah, that kind of sucks. It does suck. Well, you never want to see, like, he'll come back, but you never want to see a young player like that have to miss a World Cup. Yeah, no, that, that's got to be tough on him. Yeah, and he's been playing so well, and Liverpool could totally use him. Mm. Like... I imagine if who would that be the equivalent of like uh, Real Madrid losing? I don't know. Probably, probably like, like Isco. A, yeah, or maybe, that, maybe not quite to that level. But um, th- there's some there's some young younger players in the midfield that uh, like maybe like a Lucas Vasquez, uh, yeah, like a like a winger that can attack and is fast. Yeah, I could. Yeah. The thing with soccer is like there's so many guys and there's so many ways to get hurt, and everyone says it's such a pussy sport. But, I mean, there's just, like, they're playing so much all the time. And all it takes is someone, like, stepping on your toes and you have, like, a broken, you know, you could have a broken yeah. foot or taking a tackle the wrong way or cramping up or tearing an ACL or a yeah. Achille- ruptured Achilles. Or there's more, I fi- feel like there's more ways to get hurt in that sport than anywhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, the variety of injuries that you can have heading a ball all the time. Like, yeah, that's a long-term injury. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I, I, I but, like, head-to-head, head, like, you're going up for headers, and you get smacked, and... Yeah. Yeah, anyway. One, one, more, uh, one more note about Liverpool before we, before we move on. Um, I don't know if you read this, but... Yeah, and you probably know who the guy is if you see him on TV, but one of Klopp's main, like, assistant coaches is leaving this week. Oh, no way. Uh, is it the guy with the long brown hair? Yeah, the long black hair. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's he going? But, but she's taking personal leave, uh, so he's he's going to be gone. He won't be there for the uh, for the second leg against Roma. What? I know. Yeah, must be very bad if he's yeah, at this. yeah, like leaving at this point. So uh, I was just I was actually just reading that before before uh, before we joined here. Um, but uh, that that's I don't know how how much of of loss is because I don't really know Liverpool that well. But the way they describe this guy is that he's kind of like the brain Klopp's got a couple of assistant coaches and apparently he calls this guy the brain and he calls the other guy who's still there, the, the eye. 
And uh, so he's, he's kind of, he's losing his brain from his, uh, from his coaching staff. So I don't know. The game plan will already be set. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's not like Klopp's completely incompetent without them, but uh, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll want to have that guy there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so I guess for, okay, to wrap up English Premier League for the weekend, is there anything else that Man City destroyed West Ham? Yeah. Is there anything else that we really need to talk about? Like, th- that's the thing. Like, there are a lot of games that don't really mean too much because they're just, like, mid-table teams that are kind of jockeying for, yeah, you know, no. their spots. Like, a Burnley drawing nil-nil. Yeah. Just, like, a, a bu- there are a bunch of whatever matches, but then there were some matches, like the relegation battle matches that kind of matter and... Yeah, no, uh, I, I think that we covered the majority of it. You know, Man City won big. I think they passed the the hundred goal mark, or they yes. passed they they passed the they passed the hundred yeah hundred goal mark, and they're getting close to passing that hundred point mark as well, which is big. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think we already talked about the Arsenal youngsters uh, playing a lot. I think that's a I think that's a big thing for Arsenal moving forward. Liverpool, yeah, I think we covered the majority of it, man. Cool. So. I guess we can do a little recap of last week's Champions League. For sure, yeah. So we were both uh, a little... <laughs> a little bit off. A little bit off in terms of we didn't expect. I, I guess when you think about those two teams, if you were taking the over-under, I guess I did say on the over-under it would be over five, which it was. Mm. But then I stuck to my 2-1 pick, which contradicts itself. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what did I say? I forget. I forget you said 3-2 right. for right. Liverpool. So we both picked the Liverpool win. Yeah, but we uh, were off big time on the amount. So Liverpool was up five nothing, and then they conceded two goals late. They did well, one late and one after the. They were both in the last quarter of the game, basically. But those two goals could come back to haunt Liverpool. If everyone, if anyone knows anything about Liverpool, if there's a way that things can get screwed up, they <laughs> usually find a way to make it happen. Yeah. And so. When it was five nothing, I was just like, "Wow, I can't believe we're th- next round," yeah. and it's now it's like, "Oh, wait a second, they, you know, they just did this to Barcelona a, two, a couple weeks ago, where Barcelona had a three goal cushion going into Roma, and then that happened." And I know that Liverpool only, you know, they score one goal, and then that means that Roma have to score five, correct? Yeah. Is yeah. that right? Uh, the, uh, so Roma scored two. So in order for them, oh wait, no, we'd have to score three they, to make it. They, yeah, they, like Roma now would have to win by a difference of of three, right? Um, in order, and to, if we score three away goals, then that'll give us the advantage. On the even away. if even if you even if you score one away goal, yeah, uh, I guess. It, yeah, because like, they've already scored two. So to regain the advantage from go- away goals. Yeah. Because if it's four one for them, they win. Yeah, if the yeah if Liverpool scores two, which I mean, I think a lot of people said, yeah, Barcelona is definitely going to score one in that return leg. So I mean, I guess you can't if if Barcelona had difficulty scoring in Rome, then you would assume that Liverpool will also probably have some difficulty scoring. But in my mind, I'm thinking Liverpool. If Liverpool does anything, they score goals. So yes, uh, I think except that, when they're playing against. <laughs> Stoke City or West Brom. <laughs> I guess that's an excellent point. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I can't imagine them not scoring two goals, but I suppose you never know. The, uh, okay. But Roma has a little bit of work to do. I could see that game being a 2-1 Roma win. So you're saying it's going to be a 2-1 Roma win, which means that Liverpool still go through. Yep. 
Okay. I I hate I it's so tough for me to be objective when you're talking about like your own teams and sports because you know there's like your heart and then there's your brain and then there's <laughs> your lo- logic that you've been kind of like well this 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 and you know this is a fan. I think that I'd I'd like to say that Liverpool are are gonna draw two two like it's gonna mm-hmm. be a game where they're going back and forth and. They're in a tight the whole time, so there's that three goal cushion is maintained. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with two two. They keep the pressure on. Yeah, they, they, they do know. They back. do know how to do that. They do know how to do that. They need to treat it as if it's like a nil nil game going into it, and then if they keep it tight, then they still have that cushion. So even if they lose two nothing, but I think that they're gonna score, and Roma's gonna score a couple, and it'll be two two. Yeah, and Liverpool advance. Yeah, you you'd be pretty excited about that, wouldn't you? I would be. I would be. It would be the last time Liverpool won the Champions League. I don't even think I watched the match because I was kind of like a a soft Liverpool supporter. Like yeah, I like Steve Gerrard. Yeah, a fair weather supporter, if you will. Exactly, but the coverage has changed so much over the mm. last ten, fifteen years. I mean, with internet in your pocket all the time, being able to like research as much as possible and fantasy soccer has really helped me learn the game mm-hmm. and just having coverage of watching on the internet all the time, being able to go on our match or footy tube or um, project free TV and stream games, <laughs> or there's just so much more on TV all the time. It just makes it so much easier totally. to keep up. So this will be the first Liverpool, if they do make it, the first Champions League that I'll be like totally, totally on board. I was before, but I didn't realize the relevance of everything and how hard it is. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Are you going to get your Emery Chan jersey out and wear it? I I have an old school (laughs) Liverpool jersey from back whenever like Torres was still on the team. Yeah. And so I was going to buy a... I was waiting for the jerseys to go on sale this year for Liverpool.com. I noticed they were down to like 25% off, and I was thinking, oh, they'll keep dropping. But then they (laughs) didn't, and then they they dropped the new jerseys from this year. uh, Sorry, the new season coming up. Yeah. So, I don't know. I wanted to get a Salah jersey so bad, and now I may just end up getting next year's jersey. Yeah. Yeah. It's an an ongoing battle. It is. I mean, they're expensive. But to have like the the nice new real shirt, like the authentic, I don't know. And then they're kind of like a moment in time as well, because that's what I like about the soccer kits as well is, you know, they're constantly changing who every, say, three to five years, they get a new um, kit maker. So whether it's like Adidas or Nike or Under Armour or whoever, you know, they lock them in. That's how the, the teams make money from that. So I think. Manchester United makes something like $200 million per year to have, is it Adidas make their shirt right now? Yeah. And then Chevy have the stomach advertising on them and they pay close to $200 million a year. So Manu gets $400 million a year. But then I'm sure Nike, you know, by selling all the Manu shirts that they make, having the ability to make Manu shirts and sell them would make a fortune around the globe selling Manu shirts, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like a shirt that everyone knows around the world. And yeah. it's really interesting when you buy a shirt and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that season because that was the only year that Liverpool had warrior kits. 
Warrior was the brand that they've had. Like, <laughs> and they have New Balance right now. Yeah. And I'm hoping, like, I like when teams, like, I really like um, ob- more, like, obscure brands, like Joma, or if you go with Kappa, or if you go with Puma. Like, I really liked when bigger clubs like Arsenal went with Puma. Mm. And I, I know, like, Nike and Adidas, you can't go wrong with those, obviously. No. But... Yeah, no, Adidas is Adidas is making a you see so much of this. Yeah, you do, you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Real Madrid is also Real Madrid is also with Adidas. So Adidas off of Manchester United and Real Madrid are just raking it in. Yeah, and people constantly want to buy like the new player that gets transferred to, you know, Real Madrid end up buying Neymar this year. Let's say, <laughs> let's say, then, then Neymar will probably pay for his transfer fees in jersey sales. Yeah. As he did with yeah. Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, he, they'll recoup. They recoup that money pretty quickly. So, okay. Speaking of Real Madrid, let's get to the second leg here. Mm-hmm. What do you think? They're going to Madrid. Yeah. Madrid already have an advantage. Yeah, they won on the road two one. Yeah, Bayern Munich look really flat, mm-hmm. and it just seems like that team hasn't been updated. It's the same. It's like the same computer system from like how many years ago trying to function in today's world. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like they're still good players. They can still get it all done. And mm-hmm. Bayern Munich, like you were saying last week, they just don't get the same level of competition in the Bundesliga. Yeah. I think it's showing now. It doesn't mm-hmm. allow them to stay as sharp. Yep. So I think that Real Madrid will beat them and they will definitely move on to the next round to the final. To the final. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think uh, I watched I watched that game uh, uh, during like when it was on last week, and Ribery looked good for Bayern Munich. Yes, um, but that was about it. Like I I can't think of any other players for Munich that really stood out. I thought that that was an opportunity for uh, James Rodriguez, who's on loan from Real Madrid, uh, to really shine and, and show Real Madrid what they're missing. And I don't really think that he did that. He had some moments where he looked okay. But overall, he didn't look all that great. Uh, Lewandowski, which I, I consider Lewandowski obviously a good goal scorer, but he only shows up. He, he scores the bulk of his goals against teams that don't know how to deal with him. And, yeah. when, and when you're playing against, you know, a, a center back like uh, Ramos or Varane uh, or, you know, any center back that knows what they're doing, Lewandowski's not going to get as many looks at goals. So he, I don't really think Le- – Lewandowski had a couple opportunities, but he didn't make good on them, so – yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, I think that uh, you're right. I think Real Madrid will win, but there's going to be a lot of questions as to, you know, they were up against Juventus. They they won big against Juventus at home, and then went back, uh, went back to Madrid, and then capitulated. So you, you got to think that maybe that might happen again. Yeah, well, Bayern Munich have been a great club for a long time, and I'm sure that they're relishing this opportunity to. I think as professional athletes to go into another team's building and silence a crowd is one of the coolest things that you can do regardless of the sport. Yeah. So to be able to have that opportunity, yeah. it's all about like how you're framing everything that you're approaching. And I think that they'll be framing this with the right way of, you know, yeah. all they need to do is win two, one and then they're good or even two, nothing. Yeah. And then they're at least, it's not unachievable for them with the squad no. that they have. They can make it happen for sure. They probably they, uh, they probably. I look think at Real Madrid will win. I think they're going to win three one. Three one. It's going to be two one, and Real Madrid's going to 
like as Bayern Munich are pushing, they're going to have like a counterattack goal somehow. Three one. All right, I like th- I like that. I like that. Uh, I could see that. I could see again like a two one. I could see like a two one for Madrid. And I think Madrid's just got too much experience in these big matches. Uh, I always thought with, you know, we were both right with our picks last week. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I picked a draw. Mm-hmm. But And I said, I said Ronnie was going to score two goals and he ended up not scoring any goals. So. Right. But for the most part, I found like Champions League is relatively easy to predict. Like you can predict 80% of the, like if the team is at home, and they're the favorite. They're usually, if they're the better team and they're at home, they're going to win 90% of the time. If they're the better team and they're on the road, there's a good chance they're still going to win, depending on, you know, how much better they are. Mm-hmm. But home makes all the difference. It does. Except if you're and, Bayern Munich. Well, last week it didn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it's so, always better to have it, obviously, in the second leg as well. Because as Champions League, the match stage is this is essentially one big 180 minute match that takes place on two pitches, right? Yep. You'd rather be hosting. It's kind of like if you could have the wind, you'd rather the wind for the second half, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, you would definitely rather have the home for the second half too. Totally. All right. I guess we're gonna see. We're gonna see in the next couple of days who's uh, who's gonna move on. I really do hope it's gonna be a Liverpool versus Real Madrid final. I think that would make this pretty uh, pretty exciting for the two of us. Absolutely, absolutely. My team against your, my club versus your club, mano y mano. We will see. We will see. All right, Swanee. Thanks to the chat, man. And I'll chat after uh, after this week's game. All right. Enjoy the football. All right, man. And keep it going. All right. See you, buddy. See you.